Dad, be honest with me. Be honest yes. with me. When we talked n- nearly seven hours ago, you yes. were wearing a different hoodie that was covered in uh, black walnut stains. And now you're yes. wearing a different hoodie. Yes. Did you change for Tyler? I did. <laughs> I Tuesday, Tuesday podcast episode 388. I'm Sam Ginsberg, and here is the Thomas Barrow of podcasting, Tyler Dryblad. All right. Hey, everybody. Downton Abbey? Really? Yeah. Three, wow, what a throw. Three Sex is on a rewatch, uh, and I was just thinking today what an asshole Thomas Barrow is. See, this is one of those hot takes that uh, we're just going to have to deal with. Dealing with all of these things today, our, well, I don't know if our, but certainly my favorite guest, it's Mitch Ginsburg. Hey, Mitch. Hey, Tyler. You're my favorite guest, too. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, I feel like Jed is going to be very mad once again, but, you know, he can deal with it. He doesn't listen to this shit. (laughs) That's true. That's true. Uh, but yeah, Mitch, we love having you on. It's always great. Um, joining us from uh, your man cave today. So this is a funky new location we haven't seen before. I know. Funky, funky is underlined. Funky is stressed in this location. Italicized. Yeah, there you go. That's even better. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, what are you drinking this episode? Um, are you asking me what, I am, what I'm drinking? Hell yeah, brother. I thought I'd have a beer. Oh, shocker. Are, are you are you being like uh, in movies sometimes how since they don't want to advertise a specific product they'll just go into a bar and say give me a beer and then the, and then the bartender doesn't say you want to be more specific they just pour them a beer that's right no I have an, I have a really interesting beer that I'm guessing both of you would hate Ooh. so um it's from the Wicked Weed Brewery already mm. we hate it yep. Do you know the Wicked Weed Brewery? We do. Bruce Day Tuesday's on the cutting edge. Of course we know it. Oh, okay. From Asheville, North Carolina. So you don't like them? They're one of the um, many uh, fake micros that's um, oh. that's owned by... I don't Crafty. Remember, I don't remember if they're owned by AB InBev or Miller Coors or who, but th- uh, they're, they're, on, they're on the list of, like... When you buy their stuff, you're not really supporting a craft brewery. You're supporting a, a monolith. Man, I suck already. <laughs> did you have me ten minutes you, into the show? Did you have like a bud or something on one time? No, no. no? I, I, I never pick the. I never pick great. I beers, mean, last but... time I think you got something from Brewers Alley, which is like hyper micro. You can only get it in Frederick, Maryland. Right. So this is balancing right. that out. Yeah. Yeah. So I think you're doing okay. I think one year I had something that I got from Costco. That's what it was. That's what it was. The Costco <laughs> beer. Yeah, but right. I did have a microbrewery at one point. Right. So anyway, I I got this. Uh, you know, I don't know if you know this about me, Tyler, but Sam knows. I I have a little bit of a sweet tooth. Oh. 
So they have, um, Wicked Weed Brewery has a four-pack of, it's called the Guilty Pleasures. Uh-huh. And so the, the four beers in it are German chocolate cake, milk and cookies, Ooh. brownies, and s'mores. Huh. So don't they sound terrible to you guys? No, they sound interesting. I, I just already know what they're going to taste like. I, I like pastry stouts, actually. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I think no, I, usually they're interesting, which is kind of what the show's about. I think I think we both like uh, pastry stouts, but again, coming from Wicked Weed, I kind of have a feeling what they're going to taste like. But I think you're probably going to like it. I think I will, too. I chose the milk and cookies. That Yeah. Because um, I read it was supposed to be a take on oatmeal cookies. So I so, thought that sounded interesting. Is it like an oatmeal stout or a milk stout? It's a milk stout. Okay. And the ABV is 8.5. Hello. Ooh. So, uh, you know, I've had maybe three beers during the entire pandemic. Right. So um, I, hopefully I'll make it through the show. <laughs> okay. I wish I'd only had three beers through the pandemic. I would be feeling a lot better. <laughs> but I'm going to continue my drinking habits, I guess, with Evil Genius's Santa, I Know Him, a festive Saison ale brewed with rose hips, black currants, and chamomile. So, Saisons, I already feel like, are kind of, like, uh, funky herby, and with all this other stuff in there, I'm expecting a lot of funkiness. It poured with basically no head. It's kind of a cloudy amber, almost. Smells like a baby's cry? That's weird. (laughs) Emily said to me, can we hang out as long as the baby doesn't cry? And I was like, yeah, sure. And then she has left the room now. I mean, it doesn't really bother me. I know some of our listeners might be, uh, you know, that are are legions of listeners, but I don't really care. Doesn't bother me either. It does smell like chamomile. I will say that. So I thought this sounded familiar. And I was no, pretty... have I had it? No, um, someone else has. Uh, oh, thank God. On episode 281, Boris had it. And if you're curious, at the end of the show, I'll, uh, I'll let you know what he thought. Okay. This is, uh, this is actually surprisingly good. I thought this was going to be kind of weird. It is, there is some funkiness in there, but I get the black currants. Um, it's almost like a, like a cherry cranberry taste. Um, so that's there. So the chamomile is, is there in the nose a little bit <clears throat> towards the back. Um, so first sips, I'm fairly happy with this. Oh, I don't think I said it's 7.2. So, you know, looking like a punk over here next to hard drinking Mitch. Uh, but yeah, I like it at first taste. Sam, what do you have? Uh, yeah, I have from Modest Brewing Co. Death Sauce. Painkiller Tiki Sour. Oh. <laughs> um, and in in all facets of life, I am more of a man than Tyler and less of a man than my father. So this is seven point five percent alcohol by volume. Um, I was taking some sniffs earlier, and the two overwhelming flavors are uh, just sourness and pineapple. So I like one of those and not the other. And like when it's away from my nose. There's like a really chemical smell that almost reminds me of Cheetos. Like not that it smells cheesy or salty, just like it smells like processed. Like like processed corn puff. Yeah, it could be that there's some corn uh, adjunct in here. Maybe that's what I'm getting. Um, 
It doesn't taste nearly as sour as it smells, which for the target audience of this beer probably is a bad thing, but I don't really like sour beers. Although when a beer has sour notes, I don't hate it. If it's like a, a, like if it's something contributing as opposed to being the central flavor, I kind of like it. And that's what's going on here. So this is like a nice tropical thing. It almost reminds me of like a pineapple curry because it's got a little bit of coconutiness and and a lot of bright flavors. Uh, so I like it so far. I love a pineapple curry. Me too. Sounds good. So, you know, I, I'm totally out of it. I, first of all, I, I have my can. I didn't pour it into a glass. <laughs> I probably should have done that so I could observe what it looked like. But the glasses are upstairs, so I'm not getting one. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I'm going to smell it and so I can see what the nose is like. Sure. My nose is really good. Um, it, smells, it smells sweet and stouty. You know, I, 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 if I, I like a stout. So. Yeah. He's a stout man in every imaginable way. <laughs> does, it taste, does it taste cookie-like? There's no little pieces or anything in it. Rats. If that's what you're, if that's what you're asking, um, it definitely I could definitely taste the vanilla. Okay. Um, I don't know about the raisin so much. I, um, it's it's funny because it feels like it's competing between being uh, beery and sweet at the same time. It doesn't feel like it melds those two things together. Mm. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's some sweeter beers that taste beery and sweet and they don't they don't fight each other yeah it tastes a little bit like it's fighting like itself like someone poured some sweet flavoring into a bud light or something like that yeah or a stout a stout yeah like a a heavy heavier stout yeah i i understand that Let's see. So this is the first show of the new year. So it's probably appropriate to look back on the year we just left. So let's go to uh, Forbes.com. Really classing it up for you, Mitch. Jeez, usually yeah. we're at like, you know, the dailymail.co or whatever. But yeah, we're going to Forbes. Uh, seven reasons to cheer the year in beer. It was a, a rough year for everybody, if you didn't notice. But this article purports uh, seven things that were that were good in 2020. So we're gonna we're gonna go through. We're gonna check out what Forbes thinks was good for the beer industry. Numero uno, packaging to go and delivery. Yeah, that's that's for sure. We had a lot of articles at the beginning of the quarantines about how uh, jurisdictions were loosening up their like alcohol delivery laws, and. Um, Maybe it's just because the pandemic is still raging, but it doesn't seem like those have been closed up yet. So I do think that's a good thing. I don't think I can order in Maryland. I, I don't think that they'll deliver to to Maryland. Mm. Yeah, all of these laws are state by state. So in yeah. different places, you're going to have different things. Although, honestly, I feel like Wisconsin should be the strictest just because bar culture is so much of the economy around here and – wisconsin loosened up so i wouldn't be surprised if you could like uh do a beer of the month type of a thing mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. or or at least uh brewery by brewery you might be able to do some like curbside pickup type stuff 
Like a lot of breweries are turning into like pseudo retailers just because they can't have yeah. a bunch of patrons. For sure. Uh, along the same line as like the beer of the month stuff, e-commerce and direct consumer shipping. So that's that's exactly what we're talking about here. This feels like already um, they're double dipping because delivery is yeah. in number one and and direct to consumer shipping is number two. Okay, guys, just make your list six things instead of instead of thickening it like this. Okay, so then you might not love the next one. Changed product mix, which doesn't have anything to do with the ones before it, but I, I think is a little weak. It just, it, it's trying to say, I think, that they, like, focused on better performers and stuff, but it just seems to me like they're talking about how everybody's only selling IPAs. Yeah, I'm not sure that I totally understand this. They're just saying, like, instead of doing a bunch of, like, niche one-off stuff they're they're focusing on flagships more i guess i think of that as a bad thing like i understand yeah, why, I why it would be a necessary thing economically but this wouldn't the, like less variety i don't see how you can argue that's a positive yeah i yeah i also don't really know uh outdoor space so drinking in public and also like things like outdoor dining and beer uh, gardens uh, really exploded because that was often the only way that you could actually keep your place open. I love beer gardens. They're great. And the only one around me is terrible. So I hope uh, I hope this continues and I see more of it around me. Have, have either of you guys taken advantage of any of this stuff? Because I kind of am still at a place, pandemic-wise, where, like, I'm not going to go meet friends for dinner even if we're doing our best to social distance and sitting outside and wearing masks when we're not actively eating like that's not something i'm comfortable doing yet and it's not something yeah. i'm just going to do with emily like we're just going to eat in constantly i don't know if either of you guys have taken advantage of any of this sort of stuff not really yeah I, like i haven't gotten my hair cut in a year because i'm still afraid of like going out to places mm -hmm. so i'm not really going to places where people have their masks off and i have my mask off um but i do think you know like if beer gardens become popular because people get used to them during the pandemic then i think it's more likely that they'll stay around and kind of become part of american drinking culture in a way that we haven't necessarily seen before which i i would like so i think that's good it's it's very european very european okay. yes i mean you know, and dining al fresco is the same thing. So right. it would be interesting to see more of that going on. Right. Yeah. But to uh, answer Sam's question, I haven't done anything. I haven't left yeah. the house in six and a half months. So <laughs> that can't that can't possibly be true. No, it's not. I'm okay. kidding. I'm kidding. But I'm um, I'm the poster boy for agoraphobia now. Okay. It's like they walled you in. Is that why you got all that uh, that press board up there? That's right. Stuck in the man cave. That's right. Uh, next one, collaboration. Um, I don't. I guess 2020 saw collaboration. I feel like this is something that's been going on for a while. They do mention Black is Beautiful, which is something that we had on the show, so that was good. But also, uh, that's something that I feel like was unrelated to the pandemic. Like I get, oh, I right. guess this isn't necessarily about the pandemic. This is about it's just twenty 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 interview. Okay, yeah, that that is a cool thing that happened. Although I think that was more a cultural upheaval thing than a 
beer thing, but it is a cool thing. Yeah, it does say uh, the idea of a worldwide charity collaboration beer was started in 2017. And yeah, I do mostly think about this in terms of like Sierra Nevada's wildlife relief and stuff like that. But okay, sure, if you want to put that in 2020, fine. The next one is virtual events, which again, I would not say is a good thing. But, you know, whatever keeps you going. I I think that... what, What do they mean by that? So what they mean by that is since a bunch of beer fests have been canceled, there mm-hmm. a, a lot of places that would usually have beer fests are saying uh, you can pay a small fee and drink beers and get on the Zoom call. Or you can pay a slightly larger fee and we'll ship you these six beers and we'll do a tasting on a Zoom call, that type of stuff. It's like direct competition for Brews Day Tuesday. I know. That's why I hate it. You know, we've clawed such a good market share. Now, I mean, I think it's good in that people who are more extroverted than me would really like this. And maybe it's making some of those people less upset with the pandemic and less likely to go fraternize dangerously. But I don't know. I've never done these things, and I can't see myself doing these things. Yeah, I don't know. Aside from the uh, two weekly podcasts I do over uh, Zoom-type equipment, I really don't like virtual conference meetings. I mean, I, I, <laughs> no, I, I, I have a full— I'm just kidding. I have a full social life on the internet now between Bruise Day <laughs> and Mystery D8. Uh, fortnightly, yeah. I play uh, trivia with— with my parents and my sister. Right. I have another D&D game. Like, I'm I'm, I'm just as social as I was before. It's perfect, because oh, no. I don't have to smell good. I just, I don't know. I, like, I do obviously like our podcast, but I, I generally feel like, um, like, what do you even call this? Like, what's the word for video calling? I would video call it uh, chilling on the virtual couch. Ugh. I, I don't like video calling or video conferencing in general, and I wouldn't want to go to any of these. Uh, but, you know, I guess, like you said, if there are people who are into it, then, yeah, this was sure was your year. I mean, my thing with it is I wouldn't want to do it because it would be a bunch of randos on the call. In the same yeah. way as I wouldn't go to a beer fest that I wasn't going to with friends because I don't want to yeah. hang out with a bunch of drunk strangers. I would go no, with... I don't even... I would go with three stacks or I would go with a group of friends or something. But at that point, I would rather get on a Skype call with three friends while we drink the same right. beer. Like for Boris's birthday, a bunch of people got on a Zoom call and we did a scotch tasting. And I don't really like scotch, so that part wasn't great. But it was like cool to get to talk to Boris. But I wouldn't do that with a bunch of people yeah. that aren't Boris. I'm saying I don't even like it that much with people I know. If you get over like five people, uh-uh, that's too much. It's just – Everybody's talking over each other. You can't have a conversation. Like, oh man, yeah. Take like two to two to five people, and and that's it. Yeah, I was on a Zoom book club. Yeah. And it really sucked. Yeah. Because every time somebody was talking, someone else was talking. Mm-hmm. Every single time, or else there was silence. There was either two, three people talking or silence the whole mm-hmm. time. It was crazy. I mean, yep. the, the one rough thing about virtual calls as compared to if you have eight or 10 people in a room is sometimes you can have a couple conversations going like 
over on the left we're talking about thing A, and over on the right we're talking about thing B. But you can't yeah. you can't on Skype or Zoom or whatever like tune out half the people and just have a conversation right. like yeah. a, as half the call. Yeah, that's that's my that's that's kind of what I'm driving at. But let's keep driving through this article. The last one, Black Lives Matter. We've been you know talking about issues of diversity in the brewery world for a while but i think this article is probably right that this year really brought it to the fore you know i i can say that i've personally tried to change my buying habits and buy more beer from you know businesses not owned just by white people and i'm sure i'm not the only person so i yeah i again agree i think that is probably a good one i think that it would be cool to see in the same way as i've talked at length before about how much i love the independent craft brew seal because it just oh, lets, yeah. lets you know at a glance, Dad, this would be a good thing for you. There's like a little logo that's that indicates this brewery uh, is certified as being a small brewery that isn't like some bullshit owned by a big brewery. Uh, oh. So you can you can see right away that it that it is. You can't necessarily see whether it is or isn't because sometimes they get it but they don't print it on there. You can I'm gonna hold it up to the camera now. Maybe okay. you'll feel this. See the little upside-down bottle that says independent craft or whatever? Uh, I, I kind of don't see it. That's but okay. I trust my, it, it's, that's my camera's fault. My camera's trash. But um, trust me, it's on there. So it's it's nice, to, it's nice to, to have that little indicator. I would like for there to be, like, I, I assume that there's some Black Brewers Guild or Minority Brewers Guild or LGBT Brewers Guild or something. Some, some, some sort of thing out there. And they should start printing shit on their labels and publicizing it so that I can keep an eye out for that while I'm keeping an eye out for the independent craft brew seal. Because that's the type of thing that if I saw it on a label, it not necessarily I would buy it immediately, but it would be a vote in its favor. Like, if, yeah. if it sounds good and it has that, then that would be a good tiebreaker at least. For sure. I would agree. That's interesting. I'm glad you told me about that. I'll I'll look for that in the future, for sure. For the next three beers you drink over the next twelve months. Well, next year, next New Year's. Yeah. <laughs> well, for the podcast. So yeah, I guess you know if you look very narrowly at a couple things, what a great year 2020 was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but would you uh, think of? Could you think of anything else in the in the year of beer? that has been kind of cool about 2020. I don't want to put you on the spot. I'm just, I'm just curious, you know, they came out with this list of six really. Um, but are, I mean, did any of them surprise you or did were any, was anything left off that you thought could have I, been on there? I think there are two patterns we've seen in our reporting that both could have been on the fringes of this list and maybe made it in over some of the more duplicative stuff. One thing we've been seeing a lot of is interesting green solutions, like using mm. different ingredients or different processes uh, mm-hmm. to be more conservation-minded, which is cool. And the other one is a few different places have done a thing where they print pictures of essentially <laughs> lost dogs on their bottles yeah. and cans or, or dogs in shelters that can be adopted. Uh-huh. And people are seeing them being like, I like that dog, I'm going to adopt it. And just getting getting some, some dogs into good homes, which is 
which is also neat. That's very interesting. It's a, it's a little different than, than printing lost children on milk cartons, which they did when I was growing up. I don't know. If, I don't know if don't they know even if have, have milk cartons anymore. Like now it's jugs. <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right. I guess you're right. Yeah, that was an interesting attempt at raising awareness, I guess. I would like to see the stats on all of the children who were rescued because somebody recognized them off a milk carton. <laughs> I don't know. So that's not news to you? You guys knew about that? Oh, yeah. The milk cartons and kids? Okay. I, I've seen movies from the 50s or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I mostly know that as a comedy poll, but I, I'm yeah, familiar yeah. with it. Okay. Yeah. I feel like there should be a joke of, like... You know, I heard all of this about milk cartons, and then I, I bought a carton of milk, and now there's just cows on there or something. You you guys workshop that, and you get back to me. Okay. Let me know if there's anything there. Okay, sure. Yeah. Uh, so I did mention how we're in the new year. Uh, did anybody do anything interesting for the celebration times, or do you have any interesting plans for the upcoming year? Well, you know, I like to, uh, I like to do stuff with my new year's resolutions mm -hmm. uh, and i was actually kind of hoping you guys could help me figure out my next year's uh, i guess i should say this year's so usually i like to do stuff that takes the whole year where i'm like trying to commit to a certain thing like this past year i was gonna cook uh at least once a week for the whole year because i'm not really much of a cook and i wanted to get better and i think i have gotten better and i cooked I think 75 times i have a spreadsheet but i'm not gonna pull it up right <laughs> um and so i'm i'm looking at my new year's uh i don't want to call it a resolution for this year because I, I i just want to have a handful of goals because uh -huh. uh, as you both know there is an infant living in my house so you can't really do quite as much stuff as you'd like to so i want a few things that are just a thing i can do once and tick a box and say i did a goal Oh. So these are these are this is what I have so far, and you you let me know uh, if you think uh, any of these are any good. Uh, I haven't seen the movie Alien, and I feel like I should. I feel like that's a big hole in my uh, cultural understanding. Like I know Xenomorph and Chestburster as things to say, but I've never actually seen that movie. So watch Alien. I've never done a Rubik's cube, and just. <laughs> Uh, as a real Dorcas, I feel like I should be able to do a Rubik's Cube. And also, there's, like, all these YouTube tutorials and stuff. So I feel like if I got a Rubik's Cube and took three hours, I could figure out how to do it. And then I'd be able to tick that yeah. box. The other one is, uh, you know the thing in the movie where uh, where someone's making pancakes and they have a pancake the size of the pan and they just kind of do a wrist motion and it flips on its own? Mm -hmm. I've never done that. I always have to use a spatula. I'd like to flip a pancake once uh, in the cool way. I'm, and I'm looking to fill this out, this list out a little bit. So what I'm looking for from you guys, and this is a tall task, is things that I've never done that I really ought to have done by now. Oh. Well, so far the list is very ambitious, Sam. Thank you. I, I, I don't know. That sounds like a year's worth of content. But... <laughs> But we, we could, I mean, the, the first thing I would think of is there's probably plenty of kind of classic movies that you haven't seen. Um, I know that one year, one year wasn't that one of your goals? To was, yeah, I saw, 
a hundred movies I'd never seen before. Right. And so I don't want to I don't want to go too deep into the the movie well because I don't want this to be another year of movies. Like I could have uh, I could have one or two more to the list, but I don't want it to just all be movies. What what like basic like are there any like basic physical things you you haven't done? Like you ever done a cartwheel or a handstand? I've done both of those things. At, at past year, I had run an eight minute mile, and I've done that now, okay. and certainly couldn't anymore. But right, 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 right. Wow, that's impressive. Uh, hmm. Oh, actually, I just thought of another one I'm going to add to this. Um, sort of like Watch Alien, where it's uh, such a fundamental movie that I really should have seen it by now. I'm going to add uh, Beat Final Fantasy VII to this. Cause mm, I, that is a good one. Because I recently bought Final Fantasy VII, and it's it's such a cornerstone of video games that I, I, should, right, I right. should really beat that. Yeah, yeah. You know, in the same way, you know, you should probably, like, read all of War and Peace, you know, it's just so foundational. Uh, honestly, know? this past year, I was gonna, I was like committed to. I'm gonna read Infinite Jest because uh-huh. it's my sister's favorite book, and and I've heard only good things about it. But it's over a thousand pages long, and I got right. about a hundred pages into it, and I was like, "You guys, I don't get it. This book sucks." <laughs> and and I kind of asked my sister to like. Like, when does it get good? Like, when does it get going? When does the story happen? And she's like, oh, the point of that book isn't really for the story. It's just that it's kind of goofy and funny. And I just, there's, for me, there was, there's maybe five laughs in the first hundred book, hundred pages. And I just, I'm such a slow reader. I can't do that to myself. So yeah, just try a little, you know, James Joyce Ulysses. Yeah, right. If, I mean, if there are, I think if you could pick a book that I really should have read by now that is possible for me to read in a year then i can add it to my list you read the hobbit no but i uh, i don't i don't really like lord of the rings stuff well how do you know if you haven't well, I read guess the hobbit? I've, I've only seen the movies i've seen i saw the three lord of the rings movies and i think i saw the last hobbit movie <laughs> it just doesn't do it for yeah. me i don't know why oh uh, i don't we know that we saw the first lord of the rings movie together i remember you didn't like it and and your sister didn't like it but i loved it I was so hoping we could see it, see all of them together. <laughs> I haven't seen number two, number three, because I wanted to see them by myself. I had to watch the third one for my high school film class, and the whole time I was like, "Why?" I just, I just. When this, I, I, I honestly, I had a revelation the other day. I know that a lot of people hate all the Marvel movies and are like, "I don't understand mm-hmm. the appeal of this." And that, uh, Tyler's pointing at himself now. I, I yeah. so. Just let's put our heads in each other's bodies here. What you think about all the all the Marvel movies and what I think about Lord of the Rings is like the same and swapped. Where like you're thinking everything well, about this is cool. How doesn't he like this? And I'm thinking this is so no. fucking boring. No, 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 no. I because I think it's different because there's a difference in media, right? Like I'm not asking you to watch the Lord of the Rings movies. I'm just asking you to read The Hobbit. It's it's different. It's a book, you know, completely different tone. Okay. But you, but you like story. the movies, though. I do like the movies. Okay. Well, you know what? I read The Hobbit to your sister, and we both really liked it a lot. So it, it you might like it. I don't know. All right. I'm trying to like think. That movie either. But. Well, don't don't. I think you should read some kind of book, but it doesn't necessarily have to be The Hobbit. Well, the, it the... could be a Torah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm adding to my list. Read The Hobbit? Question mark. Okay. Okay, so 
how about how about this one? Okay. I thought of I thought of a couple. How about learning how to say hello, goodbye, and thank you in fifteen different languages? Yeesh. Okay. Ten languages. Uh, uh, question mark languages is what I'm putting on my thing. I I think I just think that would be interesting. I'd like to do that. Well, no, I'd like to learn that. a language. Yeah. No, I'd like to learn a new language, but I thought I, I thought that was beyond the scope of what you're interested in doing. Well, I've got three already, so I'm I'm uh-huh. off to the races. So another one I thought, and this probably you don't want to do, but learn how to play a basic song on any instrument aside from the kazoo. So you... my issue with that is. My house is so full of crap that isn't used that I don't mm-hmm. want to get a guitar or something. Or a harmonica, baby. I, I think a harmonica and a kazoo are too similar. I think that's dis- disqualified. Are you going to really, you're going to tell that to uh, living legends like Blues Traveler? You're going to tell him <laughs> that he's basically just playing kazoos? Oh, man. I... Three sex is so. Why in... you? Why are you gonna give him run around, Sam? The the round run around. Th- three sex is so into Bob Dylan, and I'm not a big Ugh. Bob Dylan fan, but when he breaks into a harmonica solo, it always makes me be like, <laughs> was there no one in the studio to be like, bro, you're bad at this? <laughs> Wait, it's the harmonica solo that makes you think that, and not like. The everything else. Well, the thing is, he's a good songwriter. I don't think he's a good he's song a good performer. Song. And right. but I get why I get why he would want to write a song and then sing it. But yeah. homie, no one's no one is making you play harmonica. No one wants you to do that. Uh, well, I think we've given you some great ideas, so I'm going to move us along. Fair enough. <laughs> we're going to go to our next article. You know, we looked into the past. Now we're looking in the future with GoodBeerHunting.com. Ice it down. Sierra Nevada puts athletic-inspired beer brand Sufferfest on indefinite pause. Apparently, Sierra Nevada acquired uh, a beer brand or a beer company called Sufferfest back in February uh, 2019. Sufferfest is a California-based brewery that is like low or gluten-removed, low-calorie beer, um, kind of in the vein of all those like, you know, low-cal IPAs, like those sports IPAs we were talking about earlier in the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, so they've, they've had it for about two years now. But apparently, they are putting it on indefinite pause. They're they're pulling it out of the market for now. I guess they're not really putting any more money into it, and uh, it's a uh, it's a hit. To some people who like kind of craftier, low ABV, um, low calorie beers, because uh, really all you know most of what's in the space is like Michelob Ultra and stuff like that, which is really the killer. Michelob's crushing it. So why are they doing that? Uh, I guess they don't feel like it's performing as well, but I am not. I'm not an economist. It, it's it could be like we were talking about in that first article of some breweries contracting to just focus on their most successful stuff. It might be some of that. It might be because they realized they bought a company called Sufferfest. Yeah, it's not a good name. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> I guess that's about like the the exercising because this is again supposed to be like you know an athlete type deal, 
does anybody call working out going to the supper fest or something like that? I don't know. Not that I'm aware of. No, I never heard of that. Okay. Well, and we are three titans of the gym, so we would <laughs> we would know. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've never had Sufferfest, so maybe that speaks to how it's not doing great. But I, I do think it's, you know, it was nice to find, like, that one Slightly Mighty, I think, from, from Dogfish Head that was, like, a, a decent kind of low-cal, low-ABV IPA that didn't just taste like crap. Because it's true, most of what's what's occupying that scene right now is like MGD sixty four and shit like that. I the thing is, I still don't really understand this market because uh, post workout, sometimes I I want a beer, and it being locale doesn't really appeal to me. Partially because I'm like, I earned a good beer. I'm gonna have whatever beer I want. And if the argument is, this is a beer to have mid-workout this idea is bad <laughs> like i don't want those bubbles and stuff in my tummy if i'm about to go back to running around i don't know that it's necessarily that explicitly linked with the workout i think it's more for people who like consider themselves fit and athletic and shib okay so it's not with the event it's with the person i mean i i'm a lazy bag who just sits on the couch uh so you know, these are just my assumptions, but that's, it's like a lifestyle thing is my assumption. And so you were saying gluten-free? Yeah, gluten-removed. Uh, this, this particular one, Sufferfest, was gluten-removed, yes. Okay. Um, so have you guys had any decent gluten-removed slash free beers? I've had one. I think it was something, I don't remember exactly the, the variety, but it was something by Omission, I think, was decent. Oh, really? I think um, Omission all sucks. Yeah, I mean, I didn't. I wouldn't get it over, like, anything with gluten. I don't know what gluten is, but it's delicious. But I thought it was drinkable. <laughs> uh, and then I had something that was, like, purposely gluten-free, and it was made out of, like, sorghum, I think it was. Yeah. And that was, that was disgusting. Yeah. Seems like the antithesis of beer, gluten-free. Yeah. It doesn't. I mean, that is not beer anymore. It's something else. I, I don't know. I mean, you can get gluten-free bread. That doesn't make sense yeah, either. Right. Yeah. That's terrible. <laughs> I have never had gluten-free bread because I don't hate myself. We actually had a gluten-free right. beer uh, on tap at the wedding. Two brothers has has a gluten-free beer, and uh, mom had it. And she thought it was okay, which probably means it's not good beer. <laughs> Be interesting to have seen how much of a gluten-free beer went compared to the other varieties of beer. Yeah, it probably, just seems like a small market to me. Probably we could have tried to get some stats from uh, from the venue, but it didn't occur to me at the time. Yes. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I drank that. I think I, I'm pretty sure it's called Slightly Mighty. I, I went out and purposely bought that a couple times because I did feel like I didn't get as full drinking it. You know what I mean? But that's like the only time I would really want it. We actually have a bunch of NA beer in the house that Three Sex got for pregnancy and breastfeeding reasons. And most of it is bad. And as I mentioned before, I don't want things in my house. So <laughs> I've been drinking them because I know that Ugh. she won't. Uh, and it is oh, a slog. Gross. Cook with them. 
I don't think you should. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Well, that's an interesting idea, though. Yeah, I don't know. Make beer bread or something. Yeah, yeah. that's exactly what yeah. I was thinking. I think right. it's not close enough to beer to make good <laughs> beer bread, honestly. <laughs> and I mean, some that's of it is bad. brewed without yeast, which I think would make the oh. beer bread not work. Like, I think you need the yeast yes. from the beer for beer yeah, bread to function. Because there's... Yeah. There's NA beers and zero ABV beers, which is an important distinction because NA beer can be up to 0.5% and still call itself oh. NA. And so we have some of that and some beer that's 0.0%, which tastes worse and has no <laughs> yeast in it. So you definitely couldn't make beer bread with that. Yeah. Oh, boy. Well, good luck with that. Yeah, thanks. Uh, <laughs> so, Mitch, uh, what have you been up to or what have you got planned? Give me some Give me some hot Mitch tent. Okay, so I don't, I don't know if you know this. Um, I don't know if Sam's mentioned it, but I'm into VR. Oh, yeah? I have, big time. It's been great during the pandemic. I what do you got? Thinking, what are you What are you rolling with? I have a quest. Oh, okay. Oculus quest. Yeah. I, I mean, I bought it after Sam bought his. Right. But I'm playing ping pong all the time with people from all over the world. You guys are laughing. But <laughs> Tyler's face it. is so good. <laughs> no, you know what? That's great. Honestly, like. <laughs> You're living in the future, right? This is this is Star Trek stuff. I get that. But, my man, you're playing ping pong. <laughs> I love ping pong. You're not a ping pong guy? <laughs> no, I like ping pong, you know, when the bowling alley is full or whatever. But <laughs> just if I'm, <laughs> I'm going to use my $200 Oculus, I'm probably going to be, like, playing Star Wars or something. Well, you know, I've played those kind of games. I... I have, you know, like zombie killing games and stuff like that. Yeah. And they're kind of fun, but they lose their appeal for me after a while. Uh-huh. Sam, I think you had said to me, and I agree with you completely, there's like no games that I'm dying to play, you know, that I, that I like, I can't wait to like wake up tomorrow morning so I can play such and such. But ping pong, I do. <laughs> and part, part of the appeal is... I'm playing with people from all over the world. I'm, I'm talking to them, you know, so I'm asking them about the pandemic in Italy. And, um, you know, I uh, this guy from Amsterdam I play with, a guy from Can a couple guys from Canada. It's really interesting to me. So, you know, I love to travel. I can't travel. It feels a little bit like having an experience, a multicultural experience. Plus, I like ping pong. No, that's great. It's really interesting to hear this from your perspective. I do I definitely see the appeal in that. I just the last time I played like games online, it was mostly 14-year-olds calling me gay. So, uh, you know, it's really unique to hear how you're using this to like connect with folks in other countries. But the thing yeah. is the 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 14-year-olds who are going to call you gay aren't playing the ping pong game. There are games on Quest where probably a 14-year-old will call you gay, but I don't think it's right. the ping-pong game. Right. That's just right. – so with the VR, you have to – you know, the point of the VR is that you make the movements. So you're out here swinging an imaginary ping-pong. Do you feel exactly. worked out? Do you feel like you're exercising? I sweat. For yeah, sure. for sure? Yeah. Huh. But then I also do this other um, game called Supernatural, uh -huh. which is specifically geared towards working out. So, it, you're you're 
hitting balloons as they come at you and doing squats and lunges when triangles come at you. And it's a good workout in terms of cardio. Yeah. So I'll, I'll be sweating like crazy after I'm done with that. So I, I do the two in tandem. The ping pong is my warm up, and then I do, then I do the supernatural. Right. He talked me into getting supernatural, and I haven't really done it since the baby came. But I, the very first time I did it, I couldn't fucking walk the next day. <laughs> it, it is, it is a real workout. So, but, but for yeah. me, VR has been the savior from the pandemic because otherwise I would be going crazy. You know, there's only so much reading I can do. There's only so many jigsaw puzzles I can do, but this is an activity I look forward to. I I put it in a schedule, you know, so I, I do it at 11 o'clock and I do it at three o'clock. And for me, that's really helpful to have some, some form to the day. That's good. Yeah. I guess that's some like, silver lining of being a, a working person as opposed to a retired person that I should be thankful for is it giving some structure to the day and some structure to the week as mm-hmm. opposed to uh, being formless like um, this past Sunday uh, when I spent pretty much the whole day playing phone games and watching Downton Abbey with Three Sex and the Baby because I didn't have a reason not to do that. <laughs> yeah. But that's really but that was probably great. Like, the one thing that's different about, like, for me, being retired is going on a vacation before was super because it was the opposite of being at work, which I hated. Now, going on a vacation is cool, but it's not... It's, it's lost a little bit of its luster because... Right. The alternative is for me to be at home doing VR games. So, so <laughs> yeah, either yeah. one of those things is quite enjoyable. Right. So it's good to have something heinous in your life that you can escape by going on vacation. Well, having a weekend. I I actually have the perfect solution for you if what you're looking for is something heinous introduced to your life. I don't I don't know if you remember this, Tyler, from um, I want to say junior year maybe of college. Uh, we had a, a, a device uh, called the dick hammer. You want to explain the dick hammer oh, to my dad? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Oh, the dick hammer was a hammer. And if you, you know, like, feel, if you had some sort of, some restless energy or, you know, some stress or just ennui, uh, you would just kind of, not hard, not painfully, but just kind of bap yourself on the dick with the dick hammer. Oh my god! <laughs> and so we would do it in a way that wasn't painful, but that option is afforded to you if you want to really hit yourself in the dick with a hammer. And then the next time you go on vacation to, I don't know, Budapest or whatever, then yeah. you'd be like, you know what's like, great oh, about Budapest is no one hits me in the dick with a hammer. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, I'll take that under advisement. Sounds like a really good suggestion. <laughs> we're here to help. That's all we're here to do. You were telling me... I just me... can't find a big enough hammer. Is the <laughs> so that's where I get it. Uh, oh. you, you were telling me uh, when we were talking this morning, Dad, about how you used to have work stress dreams all the time. And you still have stress dreams, but it's not nearly as bad. I do wonder yes. 
if you did too much dick hammering, if you would start to have stress dreams about dick hammering. <laughs> Undoubtedly. I think I might have one tonight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Well, speaking of things that give me nightmares, it's the federal government. So let's go to K-O-I-N dot com for our last article feds reverse course on fourteen thousand dollar fee for distillers that made hand sanitizer this is one of those things where for once in our divided country everybody was like what the hell are you thinking back during uh you know the midst of the the crisis in like march april may the early a days. whole bunch of yeah the early days the the there was a, a real hand sanitizer shortage so a lot of distillers stepped in and produced hand sanitizer uh, unbeknownst to them, however, um, there was uh, a, I don't know if it was a clause or whatever, there was a part of the CARES Act that included a user fee of $14,060 for over-the-counter drug monograph facilities. And since hand sanitizer is considered an over-the-counter drug, um, all of these distillers were now going to have to pay $14,000. Yeah, and I guess like the idea behind this was to stop like profiteering right so like the companies that were set up they they had some sort of like break on them they'd have to pay money so they couldn't just make a wild amount of money um by making hand sanitizer but obviously it didn't work out that way uh and all of these small distilleries that were just trying to help out were, were caught in the crossfire like i said everybody was pissed off about this and so now they have reversed course and they are no longer levying this fee yeah i mean this, this this is like uh the whole thing of, like, the letter of the law versus the rationale behind the law. Like, by the letter of the yeah. law, they should have to pay this fee. But, like, come on, guys, don't be wieners. And a lot of the time with yeah. government stuff, people are just like, well, it's the rules. But this is a nice uh, a nice change of pace from that. Yeah, it seems like people don't care about the rules that much these days. <laughs> Weird. Odd. It would, be, it would be interesting to see how much money... These breweries, distilleries, whatever, made on hand sanitizer. You know, if they made any money at all, or if they made the fortunes, my guess is they probably didn't make a ton. I yeah, I would assume, but I don't. Yeah, I don't have that info. I, yeah, I, I would. Interesting. I, I think you're probably right, just because the efficiency at which you can make hand sanitizer as a distillery is a lot lower than the efficiency at which you can make hand sanitizer when you're a hand sanitizer factory. And also they're losing out on sales of it was going to be vodka or whatever, and now it's not. They can't sell that anymore. And probably they're recouping some losses because a lot of distilleries got uh, hit hard. I mean, people were drinking a lot of booze. I've been drinking a lot of booze in the pandemic, but places that are relying on in-house sales really suffered yes. so it might be a you know instead of them being uh way in the red now they're kind of coming out equal or whatever i don't really have that much to say about this article it was just like i i saw this the other day i was like wow that's that's a real dick move that's pretty crazy and uh i'm very glad that it's it's been reversed um it's a good thing i think we should all be happy about that good yeah, good I'll job the federal too. government Yes. Yes. Yeah. Very interesting articles. You'll have to read them sometime. Thank you for sharing them. 
No, well, I have them, right? You sent them to me, so I will. They're somewhere out there, yeah, for sure. They'll also be in the show notes when I post the episode. <laughs> you yeah. guys might have to tell me how to get them. <laughs> he he'll There's tell you at the, the end that part of the part of the closing riff he goes on is he he lets you know how to find uh, all the stuff. Oh, it's okay, true. Cool. Absolutely. I'm here for the listener. I told you all we want to do is help. <laughs> uh, uh, are we are we about ready to rate these beers? I think we might be. Okay. Unless you want to tell us something about your life cuz uh we skipped you yet again. It's weird how <laughs> you're the host and we always skip you. I don't know why that's ha- why that happens so much. Oh, bizarre. Uh, I haven't been up to anything, but I might have content for next week. I will be going to DC on the sixth. So, what are you going for? To fight Nazis. What's happening? For real? Yes, for real. Um, am I am I just so, that politically unaware? Also, that's tomorrow. Yeah. But yeah. Right. So tomorrow. Um, yes. Good, good point, Samuel. Uh, tomorrow, uh, the uh, Congress is supposed to certify election results, um, and there's supposed to be like a, a big, it's like million mega march or whatever. And last time they were down there, they attacked a bunch of black churches and stuff like that. So I will be going down to D.C. Wow. That's just really gonna, brave. Are you just going to stand out in front of a black church, like with a bazooka, just waiting for someone to step to you? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I'm not allowed to carry my bazooka in uh, the District of Columbia, but I mean... Fucking federal government always trying know, to hamper our Second Amendment rights. All we want is a bazooka for hunting. I know. So I can kill all of the deer. <laughs> at, at once. once. <laughs> um, so, I don't know, I might have something interesting to tell you. I might not. I it's weirdly hope crazy. you have nothing interesting to tell me. Yeah, I mean... Mitch, I, I don't know. I can't remember the, exactly the last time we talked, but like Becca and I went to DC several times over the summer, and sometimes it was pretty wild, and sometimes it was pretty tame. So you got, you well, got, I don't know. You got beat on with the baton that once. I, really? no, I no, I did not. But people right next to me did. I think it's going to be crazy. Well, yeah, I don't know. We will see. T- tomorrow, I think it'll be crazy. Yeah, because because there. Every everyone's just fanning the flames. It's it's interesting, you know. There, I don't. You you might know this already, but there's a hotel that the mm-hmm. the Proud Boys yep. would would uh, stay at, and and a, a restaurant that they would hang out. Harry's Bar. Yeah, they closed it. They did. For, just for, but just for the time when these protests are happening. Yep. And a bunch of hotels shut down over that the over the week or like the two days or whatever like to try to make it harder for crowd to come into to town come? okay yeah interesting yeah which yeah, is good they didn't want their 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 place getting wrecked up and trashed for, yeah. you know because they figured there would be a lot of fighting so, so are you staying overnight or are you no. just driving down for no. the day and driving yeah i'm like an hour and 40 minutes away okay. so i'll drive down there and hang around for a while and then leave wow i really want to know how it goes for you i'll let you know let me please let me know well um, well, Dad. i'm sure that i'll watch i'm sure i'll be watching the news you know because for me it's local news yeah and dc is right down the way for me but yep. um i'll definitely be watching and um i'll be uh thinking about you you stay safe i will thank you 
All you got to do is listen to episode 389 of the Bruise Day Tuesday podcast. You'll hear all about it. Yeah, I'd rather not. I'd rather not. <laughs> you and everyone else in the world. I'm kidding. I love this. I love this podcast. I just don't ever listen to it, but I love it. <laughs> but uh, so that's about all I've got going on. I haven't done anything. Uh, they sent me back home from the park, so I'm just hanging out at work uh, at home again. So yeah, tune in next time, everybody. But let's rate these beers. Sure thing. I guess I will go first. To remind everybody, I had Evil Genius's Santa. I know him. Best of Saison. 7.2% ABV. It was good. I, I could taste the black currants and the chamomile. Um, the rose hips were a little subtler. I, I think they kind of got lost, although maybe they imparted like a little sweetness or something like that. But I would rather drink this than most, like, you know, holiday or, or whatever beers um i think this spice blend is is better for me while also evoking kind of you know the holiday flavors you tend to think of uh so i'm going to give it its abv i'll give it a 7.2 percent i'll recommend this to i don't know um people who like saisons and christmas i guess so mary uh but yeah, no, it's just a, it's just an interesting um, and I think more more interesting take on the the kind of holiday beer. I don't have. Do you um, want to go? Yeah. I don't have Boris's tasting notes in front of me, but he gave it a seven point five. So you guys are uh, roughly in agreement. Oh, that's pretty funny. Mitch, you want to go next? Sure. So the rating is out of ten, right? Correct. Correct. So um, just to remind everybody. What I had to drink was um, Wicked Weeds uh, milk and cookies, and I so apologize for using a crappy brewery. I won't do it again if, until next time. We um, do, I do it all the time. I don't know. <laughs> from Asheville, North Carolina. Um, it's funny because when I saw it was from Nash, Asheville, North Carolina, I thought, oh, this, they're going to love this it's a, because it's they a, have such great breweries. It's a great beer city. Yep. But, yep. Yeah. Yes, but I picked the wrong one. Anyway, um, out of a 10, I would give it a, like a 5.5 because I, I felt like it it didn't really know what it wanted to do. It didn't know whether it wanted to be like a sweet beer or a, uh, a stouty beer. And so and I, I felt, felt like the flavors clashed. Um, so I, I didn't I didn't really love it. I mean, the, the thing that I like the best about it was the 8.5 Right, right. Yeah, you should, um, should I text mom and say you're going to need help getting back up the stairs from the basement? <laughs> I'm just sleeping down here tonight. Fair enough. <laughs> Not a problem. <laughs> and Sam? Yeah, I had Modest Brewing Death Sauce. And I don't know if it's the packaging being effective or, or just the flavors, but it really does remind me of a sauce that would go on, like, East Asian or Indian cuisine. Like, it's got probably, like, an Americanized version of one of those cuisines, not, like, a legitimate version. Because it's, it's got a lot of sweetness and fruit to it, particularly pineapple, and some coconut, and some sourness. All in all, I liked it. The, the one thing I think is kind of remarkable is a lot of the time when you, when you drink a beer, you get... Uh, you get the the lacing on on the glass, which dad for you. That's how sometimes you'll see like the remnants of foam, like a foam ring around the glass. That's like as as it goes down. And this like 
I don't know if it'll show up on the camera. Oh yeah, it doesn't for sure. have lacing. It what it really looks like is pulp. Like when if you drink a high pulp oh. juice, how sometimes there's like particulates <laughs> on the glass, and it's kind of got that, which is which is weird because it didn't have like floaty bits or chunks or anything in it. But it's just, it's kind of an odd beer experience, but it is one that I enjoyed. Uh, I would give it a 6.5 and just say, uh, give this a try if you want something kind of odd. All right. Do you know what odd beer you'll be drinking next week? Oh, crap. <laughs> I, like, checked the thing and I pulled one. To- oh, yes, I do. I do. It's an Imperial IPA with vanilla bean, which I think is not going to go well, but I'm curious. Huh, Yeah. That's like that Imperial Milkshake IPA I had that was also orange or whatever. Ugh. Yeah, it was not good. But, uh, Mitch, thank you so much for coming on. It's always great to talk to you. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. This is so Absolutely. much fun. Good. I see you're my two favorite guys. Oh, thank you. Sure. Sam? Yeah, I'll mm-hmm. see you next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Uh, everybody, if you want to tell us um, what you hit yourself in the crotch with to relieve stress, <laughs> you can email us at BrewsDayTuesdayPodcast at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at BrewsDayTuesday. You can follow, uh, comment on our links at BrewsTuesday.com. Don't let the best keep you down. We will see you next episode. Goodbye. So now, Dad, you say goodbye. I mean, Citra's objectively cuter than Barley. The thing is, I think Barley is a better looking dog than Citra is. But she still, like, she still has the face of a puppy, even though she's not really a puppy anymore. Right. Some of some of cuteness for me is personality. You know, that's that's why I like. I think Tyler is so cute. (laughs) He has such a winning personality. Wrong on both counts, somehow.